never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Happy New Year, and welcome to the Skaboom Podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book, Skaboom, An American Ska in Reggae Oral History, which will be published this year. On this episode, I focus on the story behind the madness song, It Must Be Love, which along with Our House, is the song most Americans are familiar with by the band. Each of them charted in the top 40, with Our House hitting number 7, and It Must Be Love hitting number 33 in 1983. To be an American ska fan in the early 80s meant you had to be a music detective. There were clues everywhere if you paid attention, and often one song or band would lead you to another. Record stores were a mecca for new music, but so were radio stations like WLIR in New York and K-Rock in L.A. Music magazines like Rolling Stone and Trouser Press were also important sources of information. And if you dug a little deeper, you could learn a lot from music critics like Robert Christgau's Paz and Jop Poll, which was must-reading in the 80s. But so was word of mouth. What your friends listened to was often a determining factor to what you would listen to. American TV, even in the pre-cable, pre-MTV era, could surprisingly offer up new and exciting sounds. We're going hopping, hop. we're going hopping today, when things are popping, hop. I feel the self be away, we're going to drop it, on all the music they play, on the bandstand. Many fans first discovered ska when the specials performed on Saturday Night Live on April 19, 1980. Coincidentally, Madness made their first U.S. TV appearance on American Bandstand the same day, performing Madness and One Step Beyond. That might have been the first time I saw them, and I was smitten. In case you missed them 40 years ago, here's Dick Clark's interview with the band. Thanks, how are you? Well, have you had any sleep since last night? We did have a Hello. <laughs> We did have a bit, but not much. Would yeah. you introduce me, please, to this yeah, band of crazy fools who are with you? Over here. Lee Kicks Thompson, the mysterious... <laughs> no. <laughs> Next to him. This is Chrissy Boy. Chrissy, nice to have you. This is Bedders, the bass player. Hello, welcome. Man in the back. This is a drummer. That is a drummer, yes. Very nice. <laughs> this is Monsieur Barzo. How, how, do you, how do you do? How do you do? And this is the famous Chess Smash. Hello, Chess. Nice to see you. And I'm Suggs. And this is Dick. And this is, and uh, these are my friends out here. Have you been doing this a long time? Uh, about a year and a half. What is ska music? It's a sort of up-tempo reggae. Why is it so big in England? It's just good. It's just great. Where's it good co- where does it come from? It comes from Jamaica. It's a derivative of Jamaican yeah, music, yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is your own stuff. Yeah, because we're not Jamaicans, <laughs> as it is painfully obvious. Yes. <laughs> How long has your trip this time? Uh... It's about to end. It was about a month, yeah. yeah. We're going back in about four days. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about it is... You... They like being on telly. I think, are they always like yeah, that, Sarge? You have to lock them up at night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I heard about this. I wasn't there last night because we did shows yesterday. It's a very difficult thing to hold an interview when you're surrounded is, by these media. Yeah, well, that's why uh, I do the interviews, because I'm the only one who can hold How a How do you maintain your, your sanity? Uh, I'm the only one who can hold down a conversation for more than two minutes. You realise so. that nobody's paying any attention to us, these fools <laughs> back here. <laughs> no, I'm getting all the laugh. <laughs> if I could think of a good joke, <laughs> do them. We're really very happy right, to have you. Would you do much. another one? Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Madness! Madness came along at just the right time for me. I was a newly minted teenager 
when their music entered my consciousness and wouldn't leave. Where the specials were angry and confrontational, Madness was funny in a very English way. And It Must Be Love was one of the first love songs that made sense to me, and it served as the soundtrack to my first high school romance. It later became a regular addition to cassette mixtapes I made during the 80s and early 90s for potential girlfriends I was trying to impress. It was a bold choice to include on any mixtape, particularly if the feeling wasn't mutual. It must have hit a chord with many others like me, because the song remains one of the band's most popular and continues to be a mainstay of their live set list. The song has a very interesting backstory. Did you know that the song is a cover version of the original by Labby Sifri? Who is Labby Sifri, you ask? Did you know that Sifri had a top 15 hit with the song on the UK charts in 1971? Did you know that after adding the song as an encore to their live set, Madness did not want to record and release the song? First, let's go over a quick bit of history about the song. London-born Sifri has spent his career breaking down boundaries. The openly gay, black singer-songwriter has built a small cult following with art that deals squarely with homophobia and racism. In addition to his nine albums, the multi-talented Sifri has also written three books of poetry and also written for the stage. Musically, Sifri is known for his soulful, high-pitched voice and thought-provoking lyrics. His single, I Got The, from his 1975 album, Remember My Song, received a modicum of fame decades after its release when its funky piano hook was sampled in Eminem's 1999 debut smash single, My Name Is. Give the Sifri original a spin. Now here's Eminem's track. But it was Sifri's version of It Must Be Love from his 1971 album Crying, Laughing, Loving, Lying that had a second life more than 10 years later in the hands of madness. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do.
The story behind Madness's 1981 cover of It Must Be Love is part of the history and lore of the band. It was my idea to do that song originally, and we were going to do it for uh, something for Radio 1 that we were doing, but we didn't have time in the end. But I, I had it pictured as being really, really good, and uh, I just thought it would really fit with Suggsy's voice and the way we did it and stuff. And I thought it would be really good to record as well, but I didn't really... Uh, I wasn't going to go out on a limb suggesting it to anyone, you know. I was just, I just thought it'd be nice to do live. So I was quite glad when he said he wanted to pick it out because I'd thought that as well, but I hadn't really dared suggest it to anybody. And so I sort of uh, silently went along with him. That's the band's keyboardist, Mike Barson, who was a big fan of the original and brought it to the band in a version that fit their pop reggae sound and sensibility. The band performed it live at shows as part of their encore, but had no intention of recording the song. Stiff Records label owner Dave Robinson heard the song and insisted the band record it, but they weren't interested. At this point in 1981, they had already notched up nine hit singles, two of which had gone gold, plus they had released three albums. After success with their own material, it's understandable that they weren't interested in releasing a cover of someone else's song. Then, Robinson made a bet with the band that they could have his record company if It Must Be Love wasn't a top five hit. Here's Robinson. It must be loved as a kind of interesting story. I had to guarantee to give the band my entire record company to get them to put this out. Mike Barson had, had come up with the song in a rehearsal and they played it a bit. I hadn't heard it at that point. And they did it on tour as an encore. 
And I went to a gig up in Sheffield or something, and I heard, you know, I got into the set, blah, 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 and then he did song card. I haven't heard this song. I thought, what's that? It's fantastic. It's a smash record. You know, it turned out to be Labby Siffrey's song. I, you know, I liked Labby, but I <laughs> didn't have all his catalogue at the time. So I couldn't believe it. I said, what is that song? You know, and, and Boss, oh, this, is, this song I kind of, you know, quite like, you know. We, I said, we must record it. He said, no, we're not recording it. I said, we must, Michael. We must. <laughs> must record this song. This is a huge song. This is a, you know, potential top five song. But how, how serious are you about that? Because if it's not top five, what's going to happen? We're just taking your word for it, aren't we? Going to record something we don't like, right? That we don't want to put out as a single. On your, your say-so, it's going to be top five. I don't think it's going to be top five. I said, well, if it's not top five, you can have stiff. He said, what? <laughs> oh, whatever, I can't do London accents. But that was the context of the story. He said, right, you know, this is a firm bet, and we'll shake hands on it. If this record does not go into the top five in England, you'll turn over all the shares of Stiff Records to me, and you'll work for it. <laughs> and that was it, and everybody kind of witnessed it, you know, I think. And that was the arrangement. And with ownership of Stiff Records as incentive, the band recorded and released their version towards the end of 1981. The band stamped their own distinctive sound all over the cover, adding a reggae beat and extra instrumentation. Here's the band's single version. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. I wake up 
every night, every day. I know that it's you I need to take the blues away. Fortunately for Robinson and Stiff, it reached number four in the UK chart and was a hit in the US. Months later, Robinson's insistence that another Madness demo, The Chemist Facade, needed a chorus before it could be released as a single led to the group's first chart topper, House of Fun. Sifri liked the Madness version of the song. As I understand it, it came about because one of the guys in the band liked it, they decided to do it live, it went down so well they decided to record it. And I liked their version because they didn't copy mine. I've always thought if you're going to do somebody else's song, you should make it your own. In fact, he liked it so much, he agreed to make a cameo in the video. So what makes the Madness version so effective? I think it's the sophisticated orchestral ska, courtesy of the strings that were the brainchild of producers Clive Langer and Alan Winstonley. Langer recalled in an interview, we had the strings play pizzicato, plink, 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 which at that time required real musicians. It was quite an experiment, and you took a lot of responsibility because you had to pay the bill. Now you can just use a sample. Winstonley added, A few years later, producer Trevor Horn told me that he nicked the pizzicato strings idea from us for the first ABC record. That was quite flattering, really. I think what I like about the song is that Suggs plays the role of the romantic hooligan, and he wisely underplayed the vocals, giving the more syrupy lyrics an earthy, moving honesty. The song has had legs and was re-released in 1992 after the band played a memorable get-together gig. It has subsequently been used in a couple of TV ads. In 1998, Madness failed in a court case to stop a bank from using the song and changing the lyrics. More recently, it was used in a TV spot featuring Suggs to advertise bird's eye frozen peas. My turn. I'm in Peasy's Bits and Peasy's. Oh, Please release me. Let me go. Oh. Oh. I'm Peasy. Peasy like Sunday morning. Oh, yes. Uh, peas are jelly good fair. Warren Peas? That's a book. Everyone loves bird's eye peas, but not everyone knows they contain even more iron than broccoli. Here, I've got another one. It must pee love. I hope you've enjoyed taking this look back at the story behind the history of It Must Be Loved. The song was released here in the U.S. just as Ska was starting to make inroads, and it's no small feat that the song cracked the U.S. Top 40. It was always a thrill back then to suddenly hear it on the radio. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to Ska Boom on whatever podcast platform you use. And please keep an eye out for my book, Ska Boom, which will be published sometime this year. Take care.